Amen. Wasn't that wonderful? First Peter this morning. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Y'all glad to be here? It is good to be in the Lord's house. I'll tell you, of all the places to go, I can't think of a better place than to be right here with God's people and God's word. And I'll tell you, he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. Uh, all of this back behind me, isn't this wonderful? Man, this gets me excited about tonight. I cannot wait. Uh, be praying for things this week. Be here. Don't sit on the sidelines. Participate. Come be a part of it. And like she said, if you don't have a place, I promise we'll find you a place. And uh, if you have neighbor kids, whoever, bring them on. Bring them on and let's get as many here as we can and let's pray the souls will be saved. Let's pray the souls will be saved. I want to ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. 1 Peter chapter 2. If you've been coming on Wednesday night, we've been going through the book of 1 Peter and we are starting chapter 2 now. And these first three verses have been on my heart to preach for this morning. So if we will, we'll start in verse 1 of chapter 2. Wherefore... Laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Dear Heavenly Father, I am thankful today that I have tasted and I know that you are good and you are gracious. Lord, I'm glad that you invite us to you, to taste you, to be a part of you. Lord, thank you so much for saving my soul. Thank you so much for what you're doing here in this place today. And God, I pray you open our hearts to the reading of your word. Give me the power to preach your word. I pray that souls will be saved. God, I don't want just a normal service. God, I don't want to be here just because it's Sunday and it's time to be here. God, I want this to be a spiritual experience. I want this to be a life-changing experience. Lord, I pray somebody came here this morning to get clean. Dear God, I pray as we come here today that we're here to seek you and to seek your salvation and to seek your righteousness. Lord, if any's lost, I pray that you would grab a hold of their soul this morning and convict them of their lost nature. And I pray they wouldn't leave this place lost today, God. God, I pray today they would be saved. And us, the saved people, Lord, give us that desire and that hunger and that longing for you. Dear God, we love you and we praise you and we seek you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about spiritual appetites. Spiritual appetites. An appetite is a natural desire to satisfy a bodily need. Words like craving, longing, hunger, thirst, passion is similar to appetites. And I think we all know what an appetite is. I believe there's some of us in here that's got large appetites. And I got some amens on that. Uh, there's some of us in here that our appetites get us in trouble sometimes because we long for a certain type of food and we go in and we're just longing for it so much and we fill, fill ourselves with it and we make ourselves miserable. We eat too much and sometimes our appetites get us in trouble. Spiritually speaking, we need to have an appetite for the Lord. We need to have an appetite for godly things. And sometimes our appetite as Christians get us in trouble. And there's a hundred different ways to lose weight. 
uh, Google it. I'm, I'm telling you, there's all kinds of stuff. You can find this diet, that diet, this plan, and that plan. But when it comes down to a diet and it comes down to wanting to have a clean lifestyle and wanting to do the right thing when it comes to physical things, it comes to appetite. And if you are going to have a clean life and live healthy and all this, you're going to have to take in some clean things. And if you're going to take in clean things, that means you're going to have to get rid of the bad things. I think little Debbie stands in the way sometimes, doesn't she? But boy, don't we love her to death. And there's things that we desire that taste so good, but they're not always good for us. And there's things that we long for to eat. And man, sometimes our minds are full with things. Boy, I want this and I want this. But just because we want it doesn't mean it's good for us. Just because we want it doesn't mean that's what we need to eat. And as spiritually speaking, as you go back to the Old Testament, God laid out some things before the nation of Israel, and He gave them a whole diet. Man, aren't you glad we don't have to follow that today? But he gave them a whole diet. And the whole purpose of this diet was to teach his people that there are some things you can take in and there are some things you can't take in. There are some things that can enter your body, but as God's people, there are some things that don't need to enter your body. And through this diet that he gave them, he was simply teaching them about holiness and righteousness. At the end of the day, that was never about food. It was about service to the Lord. It was about what God expected. And when God expects you to live a certain way, that's how you're to live as a child of God. You're not to go around the line. You're not to push it to the side. You're to follow that strict diet, if you will, that God has designed for you to live. May I tell you that God has a diet for you. And I'm not talking about a physical diet. I'm talking about a spiritual diet. And if we are going to develop this spiritual diet, there's some things that's going to have to take place in our life. At the end of the day, a wrong appetite will stunt our growth and hinder us from becoming the workmanship of Jesus Christ. If you're taking in the wrong things, then you won't ever be what God has called you to be. Number one, I want us to look at the wrong appetite. Notice in verse one, if you're with me, say amen. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all, all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. Notice this phrase, laying aside. The apostle Peter is simply saying, let's lay aside. The apostle Paul used the same Greek terminology in Romans 13, 12 when he said, The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off. He used that word cast off. And that's what the Apostle Peter is talking about. When you lay aside, you're casting off. The Apostle Paul said, Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. There are things in our life spiritually that does not need to be there. And if those things are there as God's people, we are commanded to cast them off. Okay? We're sinners, and by nature we sin. And I'm not going to say it's okay to sin, but I'm going to tell you it's not okay to stay in sin. And things happen and temptations come along and we make mistakes. But as God's people, we need to acknowledge we make mistakes and we need to cast it off. We need to put it to the side. If something has slipped up in our life, we don't need to live with it anymore. We don't need to beat around the bush. We don't need to keep living life. David tried to do it and he couldn't do it, could he? Man, he said, well, I'll just commit adultery and I'll 
send this man to the battle line and basically committed murder. He said, I'll slide it under the carpet. God said, that's not good enough. <laughs> you can't slide sin under the rug. Child of God, you got to cast it off. You've got to lay it to the side. You've got to let go of it. We cannot keep going this way for the Lord with sin in our life. May I tell you that sin will ruin your spiritual life. Sin will ruin a local New Testament church. Sin will ruin a revival. Sin will ruin the child of God. Sin is not here to make us, to, to better us, but sin is here to devour us. I want you to know that nothing ever good came from living in sin. God's people, God commanded you to cast it off. God said, lay it to the side. Put these things down. we got to understand sometimes that we can have the wrong appetite. And these things that we take in, spiritually speaking, we got to set them to the side. we got to set them to the side. Think about your children. They eat junk all day long. They eat junk all day long. We get them to the, to the dinner table and then we lay out the broccoli and all of that before them. They don't want to eat it. Why? Because they've been eating the bad stuff, the wrong stuff. And when you're filling up on the wrong stuff, you don't want to get filled up on the good stuff. And so what do they say? Oh, I'm not hungry. Kennedy said the other day, my tummy's telling me no. <laughs> my tummy's telling me no. And 30 minutes, she was visiting little Debbie, you know. 30 minutes, she was hungry again, and she wanted a snack. And if you keep filling up on the bad stuff, you won't have room for the good stuff. And sometimes in our life, spiritually speaking, we have filled so much up on the world that we're so full, we don't have room for the good stuff. And that's why the Apostle Peter said, we got to lay it to the side. we got to get it out so that there's room to devour. I'll tell you what, you push little Debbie to the side long enough, you can get to the garden and you can eat the good stuff. But you got to lay the bad stuff down first. And if we're going to have the right appetite, if we're going to be God's people, we got to understand we cannot do it without laying some things to the side. Notice some things he called out. He said, all malice. Malice is simply wickedness in general. Anything in your life that is wicked, that does not correspond with this right here, you need to lay it to the side. If there is wickedness in your life, we need to lay it to the side. Guile, the word guile here means craftiness, using devious words and actions to get what we want. I'll tell you, sometimes in our sinful life we can be that way. We can live in this wickedness, and then we can, we can be guile about it, and we can be slippery. And may I tell you, that's not what a child of God is supposed to be. That's not how we're supposed to act. The third thing there is hypocrisies. And when you have malice and guile in your life, what do we do naturally? We try to hide it. So we live all life in malice and guile. We live all life in wickedness and sinful lifestyles, but on Sunday, we put on our suit and we go to the church house because it's Sunday. Friend, that's called hypocrisy. That's called hypocrites. And may I tell you, there's a whole lot of people that won't enter to God's house because God's people have been hypocrites for a long time. I mean, we can beat around a bush or we can call it what it is. You've invited folks... I've invited folks. I said, I'm not going to church because I'm not going to be a hypocrite like y'all are. 
And we're all hypocrites, you won't be honest. And that's what I tell them. They say, whoa, I don't want to go there because they're hypocrites. I said, well, boy, you know, don't, don't go and mess them up. You, you stay away from there. But here's the thing, we're all hypocrites. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. But we're here to serve the one who is perfect who is right. There's not, there is nobody in here that's perfect, and I don't think anybody claims to be perfect. But we claim to be looking to the one who is. And may I tell you, as God's people, if we're living in malice and guile, but we're putting on our church face on Sunday, that's hypocrisy. And it's killing the church. It's killing our spiritual life. You know what we got to do? we got to set it to the side. Don't look like a Christian. Be one. Huh. Don't just try to talk like one. Be one. If you're going to live for Christ, live for Christ. Hypocrisy is destroying the church. It's destroying our lives. Envies. Whew. Uh, we don't want to talk about that, do we? Jealousy. He said, lay it to the side. It is so easy for us to be jealous. Isn't it amazing that when we hear our friends and stuff doing so good, it's when we're at our worst? And I've noticed in the ministry as a preacher, man, when I'm struggling, we ain't baptized nobody in months. I'll call a friend of mine. I'll say, well, how you doing? Oh, man, we've, we've baptized 12 people in the last two weeks. And here I am, beat down and low. God did not bring that in my life for me to be jealous. God's people, it ain't about you and it ain't about me. Don't be jealous. This is God's kingdom, amen? And this is His church. You know why He brought that into my life? Not to get me to be jealous, but to encourage me. That if you keep on going, I'm still in a saving business. And I may not be saving a promised land right now, but I'm saving down the road. And you keep on being faithful, and I'm going to start saving there. You just keep serving me. And that... God didn't bring that up in my life for me to be jealous. He brought it up to be encouragement. God's people, we got to lay jealousy to the side. Well, I tell you, so-and-so, they want to be seen. And, you know, sometimes we get jealous of that. we got to get the jealous out. In here, it ain't about who gets to be number one. There's one that's number one, and it's Jesus. He's to be exalted above all. Well, I'm jealous of that position and that position and that position. Who cares what position? Praise God you get a position. Amen. Praise God that God lets us serve Him and lets us follow Him. May I tell you, there's some things that we got to get out. And the last one is evil speaking. That means to speak down, to defame, to slander other people. If you notice the first few things there, malice, guile, hypocrisy, envy, is inward sin, when outward sin is what we see in evil speaking. May I tell you, as God's people, we don't need to speak evil of others. We don't need to down others. Well, I'm not gossiping, I'm just telling the truth. Ain't that how we do it? Well, I'm not gossiping, we're just telling the truth. And we, we just, we're worried about them, we're trying to build them up. The Bible said don't speak evil of anybody. And I'll tell you as God's people, we got to quit speaking evil of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes when they get down and they get low, that's not for us to get our sniper rifle and shoot them while they're down. Child of God, we got to go to them and help them up. He said, you got to get rid of that evil speaking. There's some things you got to lay to the side. There's some things we got to get rid of. Notice Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. And this is what the Hebrew writer is trying to get us to understand. He said, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, may I tell you, child of God, people are watching you. 
People got their eyes on you. Your family's watching. God's watching. The church is watching. Notice what he said. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. The Hebrew writer said, let's lay it down. Let's confess our sins and let's purge it out. Let's get it out of our life so that we can run this race. He said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I love this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Isn't that beautiful? What do our eyes need to be? It needs to be on Jesus. Running our race. The only way to do that is to purge, to get out. I want you to look back in 1 Peter. If y'all with me, say amen. 1 Peter. In verse 2, it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. I want us to notice the right appetite. And notice the word desire. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk, Milk of the Word. If you're going to have a diet and you're going to lose weight, you're going, your desires are going to have to change, right? You're going to have to move your desire from Little Debbie to Broccoli. Amen? you got to change your desires, okay? As God's people, you will take in what you desire to have. We need to desire the Word of God. We need a desire if appetite is longing, if appetite is that need and that desire and that passion, then God's people need to have a passion for Jesus Christ. God's people need to have a hunger and a longing for Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, preacher. The Bible says that we need to have a hunger for the Word. Well, the Bible said Jesus is the Word. And, and the Word is Him. May I tell you that He's the Word. And the more you get in this, the more you get in Jesus. And the more that gets in you, the more Jesus gets in you. May I tell you as God's people, we don't need to long for worldly things. We need to long for holy things, righteous things. We need to long and desire things that are of God. Our appetites need to change when we meet Jesus. We need to change our appetite. We need to change our diet. May I tell you it's sad when God's people have no appetite for God's Word. And I think more than ever as God's people... We just don't long for God's Word like we're supposed to. I believe sometimes it sits on the counter a little too much. It sits on the dash of our vehicles all week long, and that's not what God intended. May I tell you, we need to have a desire for this. May I tell you, we ought to have a desire for God's Word. We ought to have a desire for God's Word. We ought to have a desire for God's Word. We ought to long for it. We ought to want it. Why else would you get out of bed on Sunday at 9 o'clock in the morning? To go to Sunday school and get in God's Word. Why else would you go to the church house on Sunday morning? To get in God's Word. Why else would you come on Sunday night and Wednesday night? I tell you, these Christians that we feel like we don't need all this extra stuff, y'all, I guess y'all further along in the walk with Jesus than I am. I need all I can get. I need everything. If you want to be honest, we need to come every day. I mean, let's just be honest. If we long for it like God desires for us to long for it, we would be in it every day of the week. Whether it's at church or in our own closet serving God. Long for the Word. Have a desire for God's Word. Long for this. Thirst for this. A little girl was in class. And she learned the, the memory verse, Many are called, but few are chosen. When she got home, her mama said, What verse did you learn today? And she said, Many are cold, but few are frozen. 
And isn't that how we become in our church? Many are cold, but few are frozen. Sometimes our churches grow cold. Our spiritual life grows cold because we're not hungering for the Word of God. And when we're not taking in the right stuff, the church is affected by that diet. Our life is affected by that diet. I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 5. Keep your finger there in Peter and look in Hebrews again chapter 5. Hebrews just fell out of my Bible again. Here it is. Hebrews 5. In verse 11, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. May I tell you, as God's people, there are spiritual points in our life, and when we get saved and we meet Jesus, we become babes in Christ. But may I tell you that we should grow. We should have a desire to grow for the Lord. We should have a desire to be better for the Lord. May I tell you, you ought to be better today for God than you was yesterday for the Lord. May I tell you, tomorrow ought to be getting better. Amen? You ought to have a desire to grow. You ought to have a desire. And if that desire is going to be there and we're going to grow as Christians, we've got to understand that God's Word is milk for the babes. May I tell you, God's people as babes in Christ, you need the milk of the Word. You need to know that Jesus saves. You need to know about the security of the believer. You need to know that the devil can't do anything with you anymore. You need to know about the grace and mercy and love of God. And it's that milk of the Word that enriches us and nourishes us and gives us what we stand in need of. I want you to know that God's Word has life in it. God's Word gives life, but God's Word also nourishes life. We need the nourishment of God's Word. The Word of God is milk for babies. It's meat for the mature. It's bread for the hungry. And it's, hu- and it's honey for the faithful. Old David said, How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Say, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I'm telling you, when you get hungering for God, not only can you get milk and meat, but you can get dessert too. Amen. I'm telling you, when you get in the, the meat of God's Word, you can continue to grow. Man, I'm telling you, isn't that good that you can't get enough of God's Word? Miss Francis, how long have you been saved? Eighty years. Have you got it all yet? Still hungering for it. Eighty years. She's taught every one of you what the Bible says, and she's still hungering for it. It was milk for you, and it became meat for you, but then it becomes sweet as honey. Not only do you get it as a main course, but you get it as dessert too. The Word of God is sweet, and it nourishes us and gives us what we need. Could it be that we fail sometimes in life spiritually because we're not on the right diet? We're not taking in the right stuff. We need the Word of God in our life to nourish us. The Word of God has life. Amen? The Word of God gives life, and the Word of God nourishes life. 
It gives you what you need to continue on. Now look back in 1 Peter. In verse 3. If so be ye have tasted. Have y'all ever tasted? One of you have. Have y'all ever tasted the Lord? Isn't He sweet? Isn't He good? Isn't He gracious? Man, I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that I love. Mr. Tommy used to make that strawberry stuff. Man, there ain't nothing better. Miss Martha makes that strawberry stuff now. Man, I'm telling you, I'd rather have that strawberry stuff more than anything in the world. I'm telling you, get that strawberry and that mess in your mouth. Oh, it's good. The sugar, the sweet, it ain't good for me, but it sure tastes good going in. Isn't God sweet? And when you hunger and you long and desire for Him, and you take Him in through the Word, and you get a part of Him, it's sweet. But may I tell you this, the results of this is so beneficial to you. May I tell you that we need to mature as Christians. That strawberry stuff may not be good for me an hour down the road, but when you take in the Lord, you will never regret taking Him in. He is never bad for you. He will never do you wrong. He will never steer you wrong. And you may put your diet on some things that will lead you down the wrong road, but Jesus will not lead you down the wrong road. And I'll tell you what, something about that strawberry stuff, Miss Martha, I can't get enough of it. It just never quenches. I just keep on. But there's something to Jesus that He can just satisfy. And that He can just quench it. And man, I'm telling you, isn't it good that when you get a hold of Jesus, when nothing else works, Jesus works. When nothing else does the job, you can get and thus saith the, the, the Lord. And it works, people. Getting in God's Word works. It fills us up. May I tell you, it is that milk. It is that meat. It is that, that bread and that honey. And it's right for us. And it's right for you. May I tell you, it's the appetite that we need to have. And now I want you to notice what he said in verse 2, and we're done. That ye may grow thereby. That we may grow thereby. You got to keep on going as Christians. You got to keep on going as Christians. We cannot stop. Miss Francis, did you ever stop? I'm not trying to put her on a pedestal. You can't stop. There's so much there to go get. And if you're going to get it, you can't stop. And you got to keep hungering. You got to keep thirsting. You got to keep longing for the good stuff. May I tell you this morning, this is the good stuff. I'll tell you, there's times that we need to back away from our tables at home. And we need to back and push ourselves to the table of the Lord. And we need to get to the bread of life. And we need to get there and we need to get a part of it. And we need to intake it, engulf it. Put it in our life and let the Word of God sprout in our life. And let it may be the nourishment for us to grow. We need to grow. We need to continue on as God's people. If that's going to be the case, we've got to get in this. But if we're going to get in this, we've got to get rid of little Debbie first. Is that right? We've got to get rid of the bad stuff. You can't have both. You can't have it both ways. 
got to lay aside. Maybe you're here this morning and you ought to be a lot further in your spiritual life than you are right now. Maybe you, you've been saved 20 years, 10 years. You say, preacher, I'm just not where I need to be. Join the club this morning. I ought to be so much further than I am right now. Amen? I ought to be so much further, and you should too. But we need to have a desire. We need to long to go further with God. I love where it said in the Old Testament. No, Moses said, we've dwelt here long enough. Let's go forward now. Let's go a little further for the Lord. Child of God, we need to go a little further for the Lord. We've wasted enough time. We've been in this mess long enough. Sin in our life when He cast it to the side. Repent of our sins and come home to the Lord. If you're lost, you need to be saved. You won't talk about sweet. You meet Jesus today. Man, you get a hold of Jesus Christ. You ain't tasted anything sweeter than my Savior, my King, and my Lord. Oh, He's good. Oh, He's sweet. But let me tell you something. You've got to taste Him for yourself. Say, preacher, how do I taste Him? You accept Him as your personal Savior. You say yes to Him. You surrender your life to Him, and I'll promise you, you'll taste Him today. Isn't He sweet, church? This church wants you to be saved, but most of all, God wants you to be saved. I want to ask everybody to stand. The altars are going to be open. If you need to come to the altar this morning, please do that. If you need to make a decision, I want to ask you to do that. You need to join the church. Whatever your desire is, as she plays, y'all come.